Free agent running back Dalvin Cook is visiting the Jets. Would he be a good signing? Let's talk about it today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Friday, July 28th, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. Thanking you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to this show for free wherever you get your podcasts so that you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps us out and helps other Jets fans find the show. Well, there is some Jets news. Dalvin Cook, the free agent running back, is in for a free agent visit this weekend. So will the Jets sign the former Vikings star running back? Well, that's what we're going to talk about on today's show. And I think we have to begin by talking about some comments he made Friday on NFL Network where he said that there is a high probability or a high possibility that he was going to sign with the New York Jets on this visit. We'll see. I mean, sometimes when a player tells you that, it's truthful. Sometimes, though they're kind of trying to use it as a negotiating tactic. And frequently what you find, especially when stuff is either said directly by a player or kind of leaked through an agent, the reason they're doing that is to kind of try and make the market bigger, or at least make the other teams that are interested panic a little bit. Because if some other team out there that's interested in Dalvin Cook, like in Miami, is watching that interview and hearing him say that there's a high probability I'm signing with the Jets, well, maybe that makes Miami panic and raise their bids. It tends to be, not always. I mean, sometimes people are truthful when they speak to the media on things like this. But sometimes what happens is you hear these things in public because the money's not where the player wants it to be. And if you've been following the NFL, it's kind of become like one of the cliches of the last couple of weeks. Running backs are not getting paid in this league. And these are that's true of younger running backs. It's especially true for a guy who's nearing what's not old age in general. You know, Cook, 27, 28 years old. I mean, that's a young man. But... For running backs, that's getting to a relatively older age. And, you know, even again, even younger running backs are struggling to get big paydays. So it's not a big surprise that Cook remains on side. It's not a big surprise he has not gotten the money that he wants at this point. We'll see what happens. I, I think that the Jets would not be doing this unless there were, they were interested. Dalvin Cook would not be visiting Florham Park this weekend unless there was at least some degree of interest. But as always with Joe Douglas, the Jets general manager, Joe Douglas has his price, rightly or wrongly. And I think. More often than not, rightly. I mean, there are a few occasions where I think maybe he should have stretched for a player here or there. But I think in this case, I think dealing with a running back, I think it's right that you, you set your price and you know you don't necessarily stretch that much for this. Because as we've seen across the league, running back is not a position that's valued particularly highly. It's really more about the blocking. And if you don't have good blocking, unless you're like a Brees Hall, you're probably not going to run that effectively. Does Dalvin Cook fit the Jets? Well, let's talk about Mr. Hall, Brees Hall. And Folks who listen to this podcast every day, every day, or as I call them, you may know what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it again. Brees Hall is a critical player for this team. In fact, I would say maybe outside of Aaron Rodgers, perhaps the most critical player because of what he can bring to the table. He he offers a dimension I don't think any other Jets player can bring. And while Garrett Wilson is far and away the Jets' number one wide receiver, I think that 
with Aaron Rodgers in the mix, even if something happened to Garrett Wilson, and we don't want something to happen to Garrett Wilson. And I know he suffered a minor injury in training camp this week and you know should be back soon. But even if you know something happened to Garrett Wilson, it would hurt the passing game a lot. Don't get me wrong. The passing game could at least still function with Aaron Rodgers in the mix. Brees Hall brings something on the ground that I don't think any other Jets player could bring. And you want Brees Hall healthy because at the end of last season, this team missed Brees Hall a lot. It gets, it gets dicey. I understand that trying to associate a record with one player. In the case of Brees Hall, I think it's accurate. Five and two with him after he leaves, seven and 10 fin- or finishing seven and 10. Brees Hall was a critical player for the Jets last year, in part because they did not have the quarterback play that they will this year. But imagine an offense led by Aaron Rodgers with Garrett Wilson as your number one receiver, but you can turn to Brees Hall in the run game. That's fantastic. Of course, Brees Hall, though, is coming off a very serious injury. So the prudent course of measure is to kind of take it slow with Brees. You know, he's starting training camp on the physically unable to perform list. Is it critical that Brees is around in September, October? Well, you'd like to bring him along. You don't want to force him back into the lineup before he's ready. And I think that's where a Dalvin Cook could come in, where he's the type of guy you almost get for the early part of the season. So that way you don't feel the pressure because I think – you know, when the games start, you want to win. Every coach in this league, with the exception of, you know, maybe Andy Reid, maybe a couple of others we could come up with, one really bad season away from losing their job. So coaches have every incentive. And by the way, in the NFL, every game's critical. You have a two-game losing streak in baseball, it's not a big deal. You have a two-game losing streak in basketball, not a big deal. You only have 17 games in the NFL. You have a two-game losing streak, that's more than 10% of your season. So you don't want to get off to a bad start and you know that your job may be on the line. And that leads to coaches, you know, sometimes feeling the pressure a little bit. I'm not saying that they do it intentionally, but you want to avoid that pressure. And I feel like having a Dalvin Cook could help you, could help the Jets maybe have a peace of mind at the running back position in the early stages of the season and just make it easier for them to bring Brees along slowly, kind of take that temptation off the table and give the team a back who you know can produce. And, Dalvin Cook is, is nearing the age where running backs tend to fall off the cliff. And I think that needs to be factored into the price. And that goes back to what I said. I, I come to feel like this, and maybe my views on this have evolved over the course of the offseason. I think for a player like Dalvin Cook, he makes sense at the right price. Because you have to – I think every player's contract is kind of you placing a bet on that player. You know, you're kind of weighing the upside and the downside. With Dalvin Cook, there is downside. Now, I'll tell you, I did watch some of the film on him last year, and I thought last year he still looked like he was fast. He still looked like he was capable of producing big plays. He looked like he was capable of making players miss. He was still, he still was, you know, even if he wasn't vintage Dalvin Cook, he was a guy who could help a football team. And the Jets, they have a lot of youth at running back. And that's the kind of the unknown equation here because maybe one of these young guys can step up. And if one of these young guys, whether it's a Banaconda out of Pittsburgh, whether it's Bam Knight, maybe even Michael Carter could make a comeback this year. If one of those guys could step up, and it does happen all the time at running back, they're unheralded young players just kind of step into the lineup and produce, then that kind of you know takes the pressure off Dalvin Cook. It kind of means that the Jets can look in another direction. But I don't know. The more I, the closer we get to the season, the more I feel like maybe Dalvin Cook would be a nice insurance policy at the running back position who could give the Jets again that that element that that proven running back. And you know, just because he produced last year does not necessarily mean he can produce this year. Again, the running backs fall off the cliff quick, quick, uh, quickly in the NFL. But I feel like I'd have more peace of mind in the early part of the season. And I know, I'd know that the yards that are there are going to be picked up if Dalvin Cook's in your backfield. So 
I think at the very least, if the jet, the Jets being in the mix here is smart because there are all sorts of rumors about Miami. Buffalo is also a team that's been talked about as a potential Dalvin Cook destination. So with that in mind, even if you aren't going to go all out to bid, you want to be in the mix because you, you at least want to drive the price up for these other teams. You want to at least force maybe one of your division rivals to potentially pay too much. Even if you, even if you lose out on Dalvin Cook, you can at least exert a price from one of your big division rival. So I think that in that sense, it makes sense for the Jets to be involved here. But I think Dalvin Cook, I see him as a logical fit for the New York Jets. And as long as we don't get crazy, and I know I've been saying at the right price. So what's the right price, John? Um, let's say maybe like, I don't know, $4 million, Maybe you want to stretch to $5 million on a one-year contract. To me, that, that would be a logical fit. And I don't see, based on what the running back market has turned into, I don't really see why Dalvin Cook would take an inordinate amount of money to sign. Because if, if he was going to get that big payday, he probably would be signed with somebody already. I think the fact he's at the end of July where training camps have begun and he still doesn't have a team, that shows you he doesn't have the money that he wants. So he may have to settle for something that less than he's hoping for. And that's something that could come into the Jets' advantage. Now, here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we will continue our discussion on Dalvin Cook. Talk about a few of the finer points about where the Jets are in their current run and why they could that could make – this signing makes sense. We'll discuss that as we continue this Friday edition of the Locked On Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you are prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we are going to provide you with the players who are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. When the top tier of quarterbacks is off the board in fantasy drafts in 2023, there's another line of luxury passers and runners who are guaranteed to fit your starting lineups every week. Drafting a sleeker Jaguars offense that now features wide receiver Calvin Ridley, Trevor Lawrence has a top five scoring upside as a quarterback one. Expect Lawrence to keep living up to his immense arm and athletic talent and cruise to production that builds off his hot finish to last season. Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. The same goes for your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternator, shock struts, you name it. eBay Motors has it, and they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank up the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you'll know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For all the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jet your first listen or first watch every day. Big shout out to you every day. This is a daily podcast. We have new episodes each day, Monday through Friday. If you're new to the show, welcome. Today we're talking Dalvin Cook. And the Jets are bringing in the free agent running back for a visit this weekend. Cook is suggesting maybe it's going to turn into a contract by the end of the weekend. We'll see. Maybe, maybe not. I think Cook could make sense for the Jets, though. I think that this could be a pretty good fit for this team. And 
part of this goes to where the Jets are right now as a franchise. And of course, they're all in. And I'm sorry, you know, people want people keep arguing with me on this. When you give up a first round pick and a second round pick for a 39 year old quarterback, you're focused on now and you're, you've got to try and load up at the moment. And here's another aspect of this. The Jets cap management this offseason has been all about lowering players cap hits for this year and pushing the pushing the money to the future. And Aaron Rodgers' new contract is a perfect example of that. And on yesterday's show, if you missed it, I, I broke down Rodgers' deal, and I think the Jets did very well in negotiating this deal. And you can go back to that show to hear my thoughts on that. But one thing that was clear is that Rodgers fits the trend of the Jets lowering cap hits now and bigger cap hits in the future because that's what Rodgers is. The next two years, Rodgers is not going to cost the Jets much against the cap. Now, when he's probably going to be gone in year three, they're going to get a big hit. So with all that in mind, you know, big hits coming in the future, this is your window to strike. And beyond that, here's another aspect of Rodgers' contract because his current estimated, at least according to the great website, overthecap.com, which has cap figures on every player. You can learn a lot about the salary cap over at overthecap.com. Rodgers' 2023 salary cap hit is $8.888 million. So just under $9 million cap hit for a guy who is expected to be a top 10 quarterback, if not top five. That is quite a deal at least for now you know a lot of the money's been pushed to the future but to have a quarterback on that cap hit for this year i mean that that's a very low cap hit that's like a rookie wage scale cap hit and the other thing is that that cap hit was so low that the jets actually do have a little surplus money to spend now the amount of money you want left over on your cap at the start of the season can kind of vary because first of all your practice squad counts against the salary cap so when, whenever you sign a player for the practice squad that counts against the cap so there's a minimum for practice squad players, minimum salary, that is. There's no maximum salary. So there actually have been instances where a team has paid a player like a full, like uh, like a 53-man roster salary to be on their practice squad. I don't know that the Jets are going to do that this year. But in any event, you've got to put aside some money for the, sal- for the uh, practice squad. And the practice squad does not form until the preseason and uh, training camp are over. So that does not count against the Jets cap yet. The other thing you got to keep in mind is that players are going to get hurt during the season. You're going to have to sign replacements. So you got to save a little surplus to sign to sign guys to replace injured players because somebody goes on IR, then you only have 52 men on your roster. And whether you're bumping somebody up from the practice squad, in which case they go from a practice squad salary to a league minimum salary, which is the league minimum salary, again, is bigger than the practice squad salary. You got to have a little money, extra, little extra money left over. Current estimates put the Jets around $16 million. That's one six, $16 million in cap space right now for the Jets. That's a little bit more than you'd need in most cases to hold over for the season. And they very easily could have raised Rodgers' cap rate. You know, they could have gone to $10 million and $11 million, $12 million with Rodgers. So what that says to me is they maybe want to make a move or two before the season begins because I don't think you'd quite need $16 million. And I don't think they needed to push all that Rodgers money to the future. So the fact that they're doing this, I think that means that there, there could be a move or two on the table. I think there's probably enough money for like one or two moderate veteran signings. And you know the two, the two who seem obvious right now are one, Quan Alexander, linebacker who played well in a situational role last year, and two, Dalvin Cook. And I think you could fit both of them in and still have you know, just enough wiggle room to, to manage the rest of the season. So that standpoint, it makes sense. And again, I'm going to go back. Now, I will go back to something I said yesterday. The fact that Rodgers left money on the table, to me, that's a maybe I'm wrong on this. To me, that could be a powerful sign to the rest of the league that Rodgers is fully committed here, that he's all in. And I think 
it's very easy. I think it's a much easier sell for somebody like Rogers. And we know Rogers was working the phone this off season, trying to get free agents to come to the jets. Some with more success than others. I think it's easy to work on the phone and say, let's win a Super Bowl. Look, I don't care about the money. I've left $35 million on the table. And if you're looking to get a ring, you know, this, maybe this is the team that you come to. And I, I've mentioned this, that the Jets are kind of trying to emulate the Tom Brady, Tampa Bay era, where you got to, you know, you, you had Brady come in. Buccaneers kind of did the same thing with his contract. And they're, they're kind of paying the price this year. You know, this year, their cap situations kind of in re- reset mode just because they have so much money that they push to the future. Um, but in the early, you know, the first couple of years with Brady, they, you know, they kind of lowered his initial cap hit, pushed all the money to the future and loaded up on veteran talent, guys who are kind of chasing rings, guys who used to be great players, maybe aren't great players anymore, but there's still enough in the tank to help them out. And Dalvin Cook's like a perfect example of the type of player who went to Tampa Bay during the Brady era where, you know, he's, maybe he's not – peak Dalvin Cook, but he's still a big name. He can help a team. And if he's willing to leave a little bit of money on the table, which you know we don't know whether he is or not, at this point he's kind of looking for, he's looking, seems like he's looking for the payday, but maybe you can convince him and say, hey, Dalvin, come here, win a Super Bowl for, with us because you fit perfectly. You, you're what we need. You can help Brees Hall come back slowly. We'll get you your touches early in the season. And, you know, you'll have a chance to get a ring. And, you know, listen, I don't know what Dalvin Cook's motivations are, but I feel like this Aaron Rodgers contract is – I feel like it just kind of has an outsized impact on how the Jets are going to be able to build their team for the next year or two. So something worth keeping an eye on. Now we're going to turn our attention away from Dalvin Cook, and we're going to talk about a topic that I really don't want to talk about, but it's all, it was all over the news yesterday. Broncos head coach Sean Payton decided to make some comments about the Jets. I don't know why he decided to pick on the Jets. He made, uh, I think I don't know why – chose the path that he chose again i wish we didn't have to talk about it but we will as we continue this friday edition of the locked on jets podcast this is the locked on jets podcast here on this friday let's turn our attention now to comments that were made yesterday by broncos head coach sean payton and payton of course took over for nathaniel hackett who is now the jets offensive coordinator and if you followed hackett had a rough not even full season as the broncos head coach in fact if we're going to be honest and look this was as a head coach, so I want to preface this. It does not mean that he will be the same caliber coaches with the Jets because with the Jets, he's an offensive coordinator. I think it's a different situation with the Jets. In fact, I think a player's coach like Nathaniel Hackett could conceivably be right what the doctor ordered after Mike LaFleur, who by all accounts seemed to really struggle to connect with his players. Maybe the Jets needed a guy who was a little bit more, more easygoing, a guy who could connect with his players a little bit better. I think in some ways you could argue Nathaniel Hackett's a better fit for the Jets than he was with Denver last year, also because he's going to be the offensive coordinator and not the head coach. And beyond that, he obviously helped the Jets recruit Aaron Rodgers. So if you ever want to laugh, go back to the uh, show I did when they hired Nathaniel Hackett. And I pretty much said that uh, this is a great move if you can get Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know if you can get Aaron Rodgers. You know, shows what I, uh, once again, shows what I know uh, when it comes to these things. But Peyton essentially said it was one of the worst coaching jobs the NFL seen in years, which it's not, to be honest with you, is probably true. Nathaniel Hackett did a terrible job with the Denver Broncos. You usually don't hear a coach, though, openly criticize a predecessor like that because you put a kind of a big target on your back when you go out and attack somebody in the coaching fraternity. So it was, it was kind of an odd comment. And then he went a little bit further. He, you know, it's one thing to talk about how things were with your team last year. 
But then he went on and he talked about how the Jets this year are going to suffer the same fate. He even compared the Jets to the Washington team back in the year 2000. And that was a year that the, the Washington made all these splashy moves in the offseason. Uh, they went out and signed Jeff George as a quarterback. They uh, signed Deion Sanders. They signed Bruce Smith. And they were kind of the, supposed to be the team to beat in the NFC that year. Or they were supposed to go toe-to-toe with the St. Louis Rams, who were uh, in the greatest show on turf era. And Peyton was a, an assistant with the Giants that year. The Giants ended up going to the Super Bowl. Washington struggled to a Nate finish. And Peyton said, you know, they got all that hype that year. They got they saw it, all that media attention. They tried to win the offseason. And he kind of said, that's what's happening with the Jets this year. And he said, that's what, ha- that's, what ha- that's what happened with Denver last year. Now, look, I don't know how this Jets season is going to turn out. And it's not implausible that it could turn out that way. I, I don't understand why Sean Payton, though, is attacking the Jets. Again, even with Nathaniel Hackett here, they're not a division rival. They're not a team that's particularly relevant to you. So the Jets fan base is up in arms over this, and I understand why. I, I usually don't get upset when somebody says something because, to me, there's one answer to this. You don't need to go out in some press conference and insult Peyton back. Really, there's one way to get revenge. And that's beat them because you know something? Words are whatever. You know, Sean Payton's got a thick skin. You know, he's been in the NFL a long time. He's heard a lot of criticism. The one thing Sean Payton doesn't like is losing. And the Jets have a trip out to Denver early this season. So to me, there's really one way to get back at Sean Payton for what he said. Go out and beat him. And in the process, you will prove him wrong. In the process, you will show that this team is focused on winning, that this team is not just focused on hard knocks. This team is not focused on offseason hype. That's the way to do it. Prove him wrong. You, and you have a golden opportunity in front of you. And I'm sure like the week of that game, this topic will come up again. I'm sure the Jets will uh, fill the lockers with, you know, printouts of the statement Sean Payton made to try and motivate them. And I, you know, just from like, obviously I've never played in the NFL, but just from like hearing guys who have been in the league, everybody's always motivated to win. But I think the, the area where motivation comes into play is like maybe at the end of practice, are you going to put in like that extra 15 minutes of work running some drill over? If you're a receiver, maybe work on your routes a little extra. And that's where the like extra motivation can come in. Sometimes that can add up. Sometimes that can make a big difference. So Sean Payton, I, I don't know why he said what he said. I mean, he, again, he, I think he's putting a big target on his back because if Denver has a bad season, people are going to look back on that and, uh, and say, well, you know, you talked a lot, but you did not deliver. Well, it's really what matters, though, is what happens on the field. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source, give the show a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, please a big thumbs up. It helps us out. It helps other Jets fans find the show. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back on Monday to talk more Jets.